Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and we're coming to you today from our brand new state-of-the-art recording studio located right here in our Pewaukee office. Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community airs every week on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So if you're looking for a place to share your time, your talents, and your resources, this show is a great way to learn about a variety of different nonprofits that are doing great things in our community. Today we'll be talking about two contrasting scenarios, affluence and poverty. Amid our very affluent Waukesha County community are pockets of poverty. Statistics show that the median annual income in Waukesha County is 81800 which is more than the median in the state, which is 56000 and in the U.S., which is 58000 But even though these are decent numbers, over 5% of the Waukesha County population lives in poverty, which is a little over 20,000 people. It used to be that the elderly were the largest population to experience poverty, but today children are twice as likely to be living in poverty. In fact, children, uh, childhood poverty is increasing in Wisconsin faster than the national rate. Not good. It's no secret that children born into families living in poverty have to overcome a ton of challenges in order to fulfill their potential. And we know that children who live in poverty are at a greater risk of school failure, serious health conditions, and a host of other challenges. So what can we do about it? Well, it starts with education, right? In more ways than one. First, we need to understand the challenges, and then we need to come alongside those people who are coming up with solutions to those challenges. Today, we're going to learn about two organizations that are part of the solution in helping this underserved population in our county. My first guests today are Jan Franz, founder of the Oasis Project, and Tom Pippins, former Fox 6 sports anchor and the PR ambassador. So welcome to the show today, Jan and Tom. Thank you so much. Great to be here, Jill. We are great to have you here. So Jan, tell us your story. (laughs) Why did you start the Oasis Project and how did you come up with the name? Well, um, more than 15 years ago when I was still a middle school teacher, Uh, at Kettle Marine Middle School, I felt this inward prompting um, to do something in my community that was really out of the box, to just show love to the community. Um, I didn't know exactly what it would look like, um, but I carried this this, uh, dream uh, for about 10 years until I retired from teaching in uh, 2013. And convinced that I was just an old middle school teacher who couldn't learn any new tricks. I took, oh. a, <laughs> I took a year and I visited nonprofit organizations around the greater Milwaukee area to see how they got started. And, you know, kind of in the back of my mind, I thought, well, I'll see that this is out of my wheelhouse and I just, you know, I can't uh, do something like this. I'm a teacher, uh, but I'm, you know, the nonprofit world is just brand new to me and I just can't do it. So um, I went around to visit these nonprofits and, uh, with a sidekick of mine, uh, Deb Jaycott, who is now on my board of directors. But uh, what I learned was, in the process, was that nobody knew what they were doing when they started. Mm. And um, Just uh, get started, right? Just do just something. Just start somewhere. Just right. do something. And there's a place for you. Yeah, absolutely. a place for everybody, right? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, I thought, well, what could I do? And I thought, well, what do I have? 
I, I had life experience uh, as a leader, and uh, I'm a teacher, and I'm a leader. So what can I do? Well, along this journey, as I investigated, I learned that in the Lake Country, um, out here in western Waukesha County, um, most of our schools have at least uh, 14% of their children living at or below the poverty level here in Waukesha County, western Waukesha County. Mm. Uh, these are families that are just making ends meet. They're kids that can't take vacations or go to museums. These enriching experiences uh, that help children uh want to learn and increase their vocabulary. Um, families are often broken with no extended family to help. Um, and without these preschool enriching experiences that prepare them for success in the classroom, um, they just, uh, you know, they they struggle, yeah. frankly. They're part of the 20,000 yes, that are out exactly. in, this, in this area, that 5%, yeah. So they're hidden in our affluence. And that's, you know, I was, even though I had taught in the district for 18 years, I'm, uh, I'm. I was shocked to learn how strong the pockets of poverty were. Uh, one teacher who taught for forty years or so, when when I explained this to her, she says, "I feel like I've been living in a cave. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just, I, you know, the playing field's not level." So this fueled my uh, social conscience, um, and I decided, well, I'm going to go to my friend Pat DeClotz, who is the superintendent of uh, schools in the Kettle Marine District. And at the same time, one of her principals, uh, Rebecca Tates, cooked a, um, had come to her because she was frustrated. Because here's the thing. Because of the rel- relative affluence in the area, we don't qualify for, like, Title I money or other uh, social services uh, because um, of the relative affluence. They, the, the formula they use for that takes an average income in an area, and the money doesn't go means nothing f- uh, for a kid in the uh, Lake Country area mm. who's living in poverty, yeah, you yeah. know. And so um, the the difference is, is that they have less um, they have less opportunity than if they were living in an area of a higher incidence of poverty, mm-hmm. which I know is shocking. So, how did you come up with the name? Uh, Oasis Project, you know, everybody has dry spots in their life. They have, um, they have, uh, deserts. And when you're in a desert, you're looking for that oasis and you're hoping it's not a mirage. Mm. Um, and so we call it the Oasis Project because we want to be, uh, refreshing, uh, resourceful place for folks around us, our neighbors Mm. who are living, um, in a tough time in their life. Okay, very nice. Well, Tom, <laughs> what is it about the Oasis Project that struck a chord with you? And as an ambassador, what, is, what does that look like for you? Well, first of all, you have to understand, Jill, how we came together. I love to eat, <laughs> and I think I was going as for my I. second burger at Culver's a couple of summers ago. Number two. Yeah. Number two and, burger. And okay. so I was sitting out there, and I think that Jan said to her wonderful husband, they've become great friends, Pastor Mike. I think that's John Milan over there, the weather guy. No, I, <laughs> just kidding, actually. They, they knew it was so-and-so. We made a connection, and she told me about the Oasis Project. And once you connect with Jan Franz, you just kind of go along for the ride. So she has been a blessing, a gift to me, as has her husband and the Oasis 
services project in my refirement years. I always had an interest in nonprofit. And when I had the, I'm not the sharpest knife in the cutlery set, you know, really, Jill, I talked to cameras for all those years. That's it. Uh, frustrated jock who loves people as a sportscaster. <laughs> but I, I could see the magic that exists between, as Jan had said, the underserved in these youngsters and the underutilized, in many cases, retired teachers. Mm-hmm. And having been in the schools and to watch the connection is a beautiful thing. And I said, what a gift to be able to be involved in any way, shape, or form. So she calls me the ambassador. I call her the queen, and, and we go out and try to make connections in the community to to take this beautiful dream and, and see how many youngsters can be touched by it. Well, it's and, wonderful because you, you use this type of platform to help people understand that such a great organization exists, and that's, and that's why we so, do it. we're so blessed to have Tom as part of us. He just empowers people everywhere he goes. Oh, I'm sure he does. 30-plus years of experience and you know, when you're in talking to high schools, I imagine that, you know, that, that helps, you know, yeah, to... He's a, he's a great ambassador. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned Dr. Pat DeClotz, who is mm-hmm. the superintendent of Kettle Marine School District uh, prior, but I had read on your website that she said because only 14 to 18% of their students are actually identified as living in poverty, they don't receive consideration for special programs like the Title I you were talking about Mm -hmm. that would serve students in poverty, which means that those students don't receive the support they would receive if there was more poverty in the area. It's not just Title I funds either. It's it's, uh, boys and girls clubs. It's other service organizations that exist in areas with high incidence of poverty. And it just wasn't here. Okay. And it's just interesting because you read these things and you never would have thought. Right. You know, that what we're not, I know. we don't have access to those funds because we don't hit those numbers that they're looking for. But right. educational research shows that if we can close achievement gaps early in a child's educational career, that their chances for a life free of poverty increases dramatically. Mm-hmm. Children from low-income families are further disadvantaged when it comes to early exposure to reading. Right. And statistics show that early reading skills predict general overall academic performance. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned to hear how the OASIS Project is getting a head start in helping kids increase their academic performance Mm -hmm. we will be right back thanks for tuning in this is eig milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host jill economo on news talk 1130 wisn welcome back i'm your host jill economo and i'm sitting here talking with jan franz and tom pippins from the oasis oasis project one of the things that we hear over and over again after people hear the show is, I had no idea that mm-hmm. such an organization existed. And that's, mm-hmm. that's primarily why we do the show. But now after people hear this show, they may also be saying, I had no idea how many people live in poverty in our own county and that there's mm-hmm. such a need for services mm-hmm. like yours. We said before the break that statistics show how important early exposure to reading is. So is this what drives you, Jan, and your sense of urgency about the work? Absolutely. Um, We know that if we can close those learning gaps, that uh, kids are more likely to stay on, by third grade, kids are more likely to stay on grade level through their educational career. They have more hope to get a good-paying job. And, you know, to our business friends out there, it's we're hoping that we're helping create a stronger workforce, a more capable workforce. Sure, um, cradle to career, I think they yeah, say. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, in our in our first year of operation uh, in 2015-2016, uh, we were at one school 
and this is just to give you an idea of what closing the gaps looks like. Um, that year, uh, 75% of the kids in our program, and to be in our program, to qualify for our program, you have to um, qualify for a free and reduced lunch um, with the uh, state of Wisconsin. And so um, though that's a clientele we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And 75% of the OASIS kids met their benchmark in reading um, when previously only 20% of them had, oh, nice. had reached their benchmark. Okay. And that same year, and this was just our first year of operation, um, 60% of OASIS kids uh, met their growth target in math compared to an average for that school uh, of 53%. And this is so just we after your first year. That was our first year. Wow, kudos. In our yes, second you. year, uh, mm-hmm. that was at Cushing Elementary, our second year we were invited to um, Wales and Dousman Elementary Schools. We served 80 kids that year mm-hmm. um, and with 30 tutors. And in 2017-18, we added the middle school. We served last year 109 children in our district. Mm-hmm. This is out in the middle of poverty, mm-hmm. uh, out in the middle of affluence that these pockets of poverty exist. Mm-hmm. And then this year we added McGee Elementary, uh, again, more than 100 kids. And next year I hope to get to another, other, at least one other school district because we feel like we've got now a template um, to to remedy this pr- the problem of the gaps. We have a, a template that can be replicated anywhere. Nice, nice. And we know that um, relationships are important oh. when you're trying to build with, with, with kids. You know, and you've got retired teachers, um, kind of that grandma relationship mm-hmm. that somebody can have, uh, grandma or grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, have you, do you have any stories that really strike you with being out, either talking about Oasis or actually being in the schools? Well, I would first say that uh, really, Jill, to watch the youngsters and these teachers and the, the trust that is developed, mm-hmm. it just blew me away. It mm-hmm. was wonderful. And what I was impressed with, these kids would fall through the cracks if not given an opportunity. And their dream and they are our future, and they're gifted kids. But without the encouragement and the opportunity, I mean, I talked to one young man, probably 8, 9, 10 years old, and and he had these dreams. Well, good, now you'll have a chance to fulfill them, thanks to these teachers. And what I would emphasize, too, is, and that really struck me, it's such a winning combination, if I could use my my sports background a little (laughs) bit, that this concept, as Jan said, can work in Wisconsin. It can work anywhere. And think Mm -hmm. of the number of young people throughout the country, throughout the world who would benefit from this. And to watch the teachers, Jill, and the joy that they get. I mean, they're sitting around with all these gifts and like all of us, you know, refirement years, we want to feel useful uh, and have some value if possible. And and you could see the joy they're getting and the benefit that the kids are getting. And that, it just resonates with my heart. Oh, that's that's yeah. that's awesome. One gr- one little girl was seen um, skipping down the hall to her tutor, um, and this is a kid who previously um, walked around with her hunched up, her mm-hmm. posture, you know, it looked kind of looking down. She didn't participate in class, but now because she's got this tutor and this person to love on her, right? Um, she um, it was reported that uh, she would um, now sit up straight, and she participated in class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just, it was a change you could see. Yeah. Um, a classroom teacher told us that um, when these two little shysters, and some of them are little shysters <laughs> that we deal with, when they had seen their tutor over their lunch hour, she got, the classroom teacher, got a bump in uh, their mood 
and in their behavior um, as more positive in the afternoon just because they had been energized and empowered. And uh, one little girl, after meeting with her tutor and her session was over, and the tutor said, well, you got to go back to class now. Oh. <laughs> she said, no. She says, can't we just stay here for a few more hours? Because no. I bet, you know, some of those kids are coming from perhaps a broken home or maybe they mm-hmm. don't have right. the, the, the family unit that others yeah. do. And, and just to build that confidence and to know that they're loved unconditionally from yeah. a teacher and someone that can give them well, encouragement over and above the educational side. Absolutely. It and is, it's, it's like, wonderful. you know, it's like meeting with your grandma, except she's trained sure. and knows what she's she's doing to help you along the way. Yeah. And uh, that's why we use only uh, professionals who have either uh, previously or are currently licensed uh, educators with the Department of Public Instruction. But because they we need somebody that knows what they're doing. Sure. But then they it's like <laughs> like who doesn't like being with their grandma right you know and right. so they and some don't have a grandma right so, I exactly mean, it's, yeah and one to fill that void one of my tutors this time was saying how it empowers the tutors too one of my tutors told me um who missed kids you don't stop loving kids when you mm. retire as a teacher she missed kids and she said she, she said you've given me a reason to get up in the morning mm. again that's mm. wonderful and again another thing that the show provides there are countless nonprofits that are doing awesome things in the Absolutely. community. But people want to volunteer with an organization that aligns with their, their goals, their, their passion. passion. Right. So, yeah, if there are some retired teachers out there that are looking right. to get involved. Right. But So what's your strategy for reaching more children Okay, in need? Uh, It's big. I hope I live long enough to see what I want to dream see. Big. That's I am fine. Dream That's big. That's fine. <laughs> so I have 45 volunteers and one paid employee. Any business person would know that that's pretty good bang for your buck. And um, until this year, I was doing everything. I was doing all the promotional work, and I was running the tutoring centers. And, you know, I I realized I couldn't keep that, sustain that pace. So I have, uh, now I have a director um, of the current existing tutoring centers. And a PR ambassador. And a, I know. He is just like the best. You know, he'll work for a burrito, you know? Well, uh, she knows well, you did say way. you like to eat. That's so. exactly right. And, Jill, I, I want to applaud you and the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I had the pleasure, of course, of, of doing a story with Karen back at Fox 6, one of those we call them beyond-the-game stories with those uh, golf carts that allow people who couldn't play golf. or Right. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. And you're championing beautiful causes, as you referred to earlier. And there are so many of them mm-hmm. that we need to publicize. So I applaud you for that. We used to say, as again, beyond the game at Fox 6, I, I call this a silver lining story. And there are mm-hmm. plenty of those. So, again, kudos for what you're doing because so much, unfortunately, in our business, a lot of negative is, is publicized yeah. in the TV world. Well, yeah. look and see that there's a lot more good going on. So, again, yeah. congratulations, and thanks for this opportunity. Well, you're certainly welcome. I mean, and Ellen Becker loves to share education. We pride ourselves yeah. in providing education, and this is a great uh, format yeah. to do that. As for my strategy, if I can throw one more thing in. So now we, I've got a director over the the school, the tutoring centers that I have, the five that I have now. So my strategy is to hire um, one person per school district that I go in that will now take our template that we found is innovative. It's out of the box, but it works. Mm-hmm. And, um, and easily so, duplicated. Yes. Sure. So I, you know, I used to say I'm building the airplane while I'm flying it, <laughs> and, which I, I am, but, um, 
now our next step will be to have now another director who will take what we've learned in the Kettle Moraine School District and go to first adjacent school districts in western Washtenaw County. And as I'm able to hire directors, and I've got people on my radar that would love to work with us, um, as I hire directors, then... Uh, they and I'm able to find the resources to do that, then you ask, how do you breach more kids? That's what we'll do. We'll do the same thing where you get a whole bunch of volunteers together, but you only have one. You only have to pay one person. Okay. Well, so if we have listeners out there who want to help, maybe they're mm-hmm. a retired teacher, uh, maybe they're a, uh, a, a retired sportscaster. Who will work for a burrito. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. <laughs> hit the hit the school during lunchtime yeah, and sit with go. the kids and have lunch. Um, but what can they do? Well, go to our website, uh, oasisprojectwi.org, and uh, there's a tab there called How to Help. You okay. can go there, oasisprojectwi.org. You can go on YouTube and plug in the Oasis Project film. That's a film that Tom helped us make um, that uh, – Again, gives a little more sense of the feeling of what we're doing, and then it has um, some credits at the end that can help direct you to us. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jan and Tom, for all that you do to help support the educational process for children and families living in poverty right here in our local community. You said, Jan, uh, that whether we are fueled by our love for God, Mm -hmm. our love of humanity, desire for social justice, or all of these we can do this together in a spirit of goodwill for a worthy cause. Absolutely. I think that's very well said. So thank you for all you do in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, stay tuned to hear from another Waukesha County organization that not only offers various childhood services, but also provides a network of other resources to people in our community living in poverty. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and my next guest is Shannon Gerritsen, director of the James Place, and Jake Lee who is the coordinator at the James Place Obama School. So thank you for being here today, Shannon and Jake. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Very good, very good. We're excited to share what you what you have to talk about. James Place is a community resource out of Elmbrook Church in Brookfield. Uh, when I first met you, Shannon, and asked how James Place came to be, you shared how some church leaders who had a heart for missions posed this question. If your church disappeared tomorrow, would your community weep? Wow, what a what a thought provoking question! You could replace that with if your company disappeared tomorrow with the com- community weep, or at least mourn the loss, of right? Of course, of course. So, can you elaborate on on what came after that initial question? How how did the James Place come to be, and how did you personally get involved? Absolutely. So, at the time, we had this group of people, and and most of you maybe have heard of Elmbrook Church, but Elmbrook Church is a very large congregation in Brookfield, a lot of different resources, a lot of people that um, have a lot to give. And yet in Waukesha, which is where we launched our very first James Place, if you actually look at the data, um, the the place that we ended up in is in a place where there's about 30% of the people live at or below the poverty level. And in Waukesha County, you don't typically 
think of that as right. being the case. Yeah. And yet there we had this building that was offered uh, to us by an elder in the church. And our the missions pastor at the time said, well, I don't know what we'll do with it, but I think we're going to take it. And that was his response to that question. Um, if your church disappeared tomorrow, would your community weep? Mm. The conclusion after we did some soul searching was that we we didn't know that the answer to that would be yes. And so our very first James Place in 2007, we didn't know what it was going to be. We just knew that God wanted us to move outside the walls of our church Mm -hmm. and be part of what was going on just five miles away. When you think about, you know, how close they are, but yet culturally, economically, so very different. We talked about that in our first segment, about how people think affluence when they think of Waukesha County, Mm -hmm. most people, Mm -hmm. but that 5% of the population is Mm -hmm. living in poverty. Mm -hmm. And so there are pockets around the county. Mm -hmm. And so you are saying that this home or this residence kind of was situated in a great place to reach out. It was. In fact, in downtown Waukesha, they have a lot of historic buildings, and it was actually a a historic building that had a tenant. It was a storefront, and this tenant was moving out, and it happened to be right downtown Waukesha. There's a lot of different shelters in that area. I think of um, Hebron House, um, Hope Hope Center, Center. Mm -hmm. Salvation Mm -hmm. Army. The women's... The women's group. Women's yeah. center, just basically catty corner from us. So it was really ideal uh, to, to speak into potentially some of the, the poverty that was affecting Waukesha. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because we're called James Place. A lot of people ask this question. Um, it's a twofold reason. Uh, first of, it, of all, it does have to do with the history. So the building, it's at least 100 years old, but... I don't know if it was the original owner, but along the way, there were two sisters, and it was some type of design store, and they were the James sisters. So, okay, you got the Waukesha history there. Okay. And then in the Bible, the book of James is very much a book about putting feet to your faith. Sure, boots on the ground type of ministry, yeah. Boots Mm -hmm. on the ground, externally focused church, going back to that question. So, So what made you get involved then? So for me, I actually had a history as a social worker. Um, I'd worked for many years in Chicago as a social worker, really just have always liked that field. Um, I enjoy helping others, just working with those that that need a voice to advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And all the years that I'd worked, you know, I saw this gap. You know, as a Christian, I wanted to be able to speak life into their lives spiritually. And yet so many of the social service agencies are very secular and not that you want to impose your beliefs on people, but at at times I would encounter people that really were seeking, but even because of the parameters of the agency, you couldn't Mm. talk at all about your own faith, even if that may have been helpful to them. Mm So fast forward, we uh, moved to Waukesha in 2005, and Karen Kumblad, who was the director at the time of the James Place location, and this was in 2009, gave a presentation at the church I was attending, 
And it was kind of like I got tunnel vision after, after she spoke. And I just remember after the service was over, I must go talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) All things for a reason, right? Yeah. And I probably overwhelmed her a bit, but I just, I had been a stay at home mom for a few years and I thought, this is what I need to get back involved in because at James Place, our mission is building relationships, responding to needs and offering hope in the name of Jesus. So it was like, okay, finally, I've got this place where I can use my skills of social work alongside my faith and and be able to merge those together. And from 2009 on, I have, um, I joke because I've taken this very circuitous route, but I started off as a volunteer led me to actually go back to grad school and get my master's. Okay. Came back then as a counseling intern. One of the services we provide is free counseling services done by master's level students who are getting their uh, degrees. And so I was able to do that. Then I was hired on as an assistant director, then a director, and then now um, director of all five. So I've really okay. made my going rounds. Going through the ranks so, there. Okay. Yeah, going through the ranks. <laughs> well, we talk a lot about passion mm-hmm. on, on this show and how that's why we want to highlight organizations out there because it's so mixed. Everybody's passions are different. Their gifts are different. The yes. ways that they want to give back are also different. Mm-hmm. And so um, you really exemplify marrying your passion with your skill set and mm-hmm. finding a place that you can do that and do that effectively. So, yeah, yeah. well well done. Yeah. Uh, well done, good and faithful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they say, and if, and if I might add, I, you know, I would say that's probably one of the central tenets of, of our mission. We've always seen our mission as being twofold to serve those in the community, but we are also there to serve the would-be volunteers. And some of the things that we offer have come from volunteers that have said, Hey, you know, I'm, (laughs) I'm an attorney. Uh, Can, can I do anything here? I love to help people with budgeting and voila, our our budgeting services began. Well, and that's, that's what was kind of a little bit confusing when I first started talking to you as far as what do you exactly do? So I understand that you have five locations, one in downtown Waukesha, Mm -hmm. four in Milwaukee, two of which are in public high schools. So what are you hoping to accomplish through the James Place Ministry? Mm -hmm. You know, ultimately, we want to see those who are potentially seeking, um, seeking God, to, to find God, to come to faith. But above that, to know um, that they are loved. And so the way that we really believe that that happens is through both reaching out and telling them uh, about God's love, but also marrying that with t- meeting tangible needs. Um, because again, the, the needs are so diverse. So, you know, the, 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 the population, the 5% that's living in poverty mm-hmm. may have a whole host of different uh, yeah. needs. And so when I was talking with you in the, in the first place to kind of understand what you do, you said it really depends on what the need is, Absolutely. you know, and, and it's so great. So knowing that, you then can provide resources, mm-hmm. correct? I mean, you're providing correct. the resource based on what the need is. In fact, yeah, when we um, first came into the, the downtown Waukesha community, we were very intentional about interviewing what other agencies were doing. We don't want to duplicate services. Right, but one right. of the gaps that kept coming up was we need a community resource center. Calling 211 and information is great, but 
Wow. To try and navigate that with a phone call is really hard, but to be able to go into a place and work with somebody for an hour or two, just going through resources together, having somebody sit there beside you to walk you through that makes such a difference um, yeah. for people that are, that are in poverty that are experiencing homelessness or addictions, um, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think developing you know, that relationship piece is so key. You know, people want to be able to work with people that they build a relationship with. You know, you've said that dignity and trust are so important Mm -hmm. in developing a relationship with the people that you help. And, you know, we're going to we're going to hear some stories in our next segment. Mm -hmm. um, But stay tuned to learn how the James Place stays true to that mission and actually bridges the gap between the need and the resource. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm chatting with Shannon Gerritsen and Jake Lee from The James Place. So we all understand how important it is to build trust in a relationship that you're trying to nurture. A big mm-hmm. part of that is understanding what each relationship needs, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. even though each location of James Place stays true to the mission, each has a unique expression of that based on the needs of that community. Mm-hmm. So, Shannon, can you share with us why it's so important mm-hmm. that each site be its own unique yeah. identity or entity? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the best ways, I think, too, to even understand more of what we do is is to visit. Um, I, I will say that because they are so different. Um It's important because we're looking at how do we build community? How do we change lives? And that is also on the part of the volunteers. So what one thing we've always wanted to avoid is thinking that somehow we've got all the answers. You know, we Mm. go to this church in Brookfield and we've got it all together and we're going to come and impart things to you. We want to come and we want to know who the community is first. What are the needs there? And how can we, first of all, just learn? Um, Trust is um, earned, not granted. Mm -hmm. And so that slow developing relationship piece is important. And we want to really know what is the heart of the community and how can we really help? Because oftentimes people will, will plan ahead. We're going to do this and do that. And, and they totally miss the mark of what that community needs. Sure. So you're kind of coming at it from a different aspect. Instead of saying, this is what we offer, you're <laughs> saying, what is it you need? Yeah. And let us help you make a connection or connect them to the right resource or yes okay yeah we try to you know there's always that temptation though in in nonprofits and anything you know we feeling like oh my gosh I've got this thing to offer I want to um so there's a constant tension within us that we're pulling it back and saying no okay let's learn what they need And, and, and if I could just add I think when our with our volunteers you will hear them routinely say and it's almost like clockwork within the first two or three weeks after they start you'll hear something like you know, gosh, I thought I was coming in because I had this to offer, but I'm realizing I'm learning more mm. fr- from them than, than, and, and that's... Isn't that always the case, though? It should. You know, the blessing yes. is twofold, <laughs> you know, the person that's giving yes. it and, and receiving it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you go in thinking that, you know, you're... Yes. You're going to be giving the blessing, and that's a great thing, but oftentimes you're receiving a bigger blessing. It's that beautiful gift of community. Uh, yeah. So, Jake, can you share with us how James Place is building relationships with both teachers and students? students in your school? 
Sure. So um, as it was mentioned before, I'm at the Barack Obama School of Career and Technology. And at that school, um, originally when we got started, which was before me, we were invited in by a previous principal. He just felt that he really wanted some people praying in the building. Um, it was a school that was – it was a little chaotic at times. And so we just kind of came in similarly to Waukesha, not really knowing what we're going to be doing. But we knew that we're going to try. And so went in originally just redid like um, a teacher's lounge. And then – but from there, it started thinking, okay, maybe this is going to look like a career center. We're going to be helping kids. You know, we've done this at uh, Washington High School is a different location where we've been helping kids with the ACT, um, just but developing relationships with them. But as that started to grow, it quickly became apparent that that was not the direction we needed to move in. And what was cool was that the relational aspect, which is the first part of the James Place mission, building relationships, really kind of came to light um, because when we first got there, um, a lot of teachers honestly didn't really want to talk to us. Um, because, really? And it wasn't because they didn't respect us. It was because they have had so many people walk in and out of their building oh. saying, I'm going to come in and help. I'm going to donate this. And maybe they'll send a couple thousand bucks, but then they're gone. Mm. And the fact that we actually have stayed and now been there multiple years, they trust us. Okay. And the same thing with the students. You see students initially won't make eye contact with a volunteer when they first meet them. But then when the volunteer continues to come back, maybe the student you know, misbehaves sometimes or does something silly, but they will start waving and they will notice and ask when you're not there. And so our mission started to become less and less about the college side, um, also because MPS opened a college and career center, and it became more and more relational, started to build into tutoring the students. Um, we've really moved into also wanting to support the teachers more by being invited into their classrooms. And that's another thing. We kept developing the relationships with those teachers who originally uh, weren't sure what to do with us, but then realized, well, because, I mean, we're, we're a group of volunteers. Yeah. Like, we, we don't know what we're right. doing in this public school. Like, mm. we're, we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Right. But they're like, no, they're going to keep showing up, and they actually want to learn. They actually care. And so they allowed us into their rooms, which was amazing. And then we got to be part of their classes, helping with it, and getting to know their students and getting to know the lives of these teachers, which was really fun. And we talked again on the previous segment about how key building that relationship is. Because, again, you don't know where someone's coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not true. here to judge. You know, we just say, okay, we'll, mm-hmm. we understand the situation. Like you said, we are learning mm-hmm. what any given student or school, what their need is, mm-hmm. and then trying to provide some kind of resource or solution. So so I'm curious, what does a day look like for you then? <laughs> I mean, do you have an, off- you have an uh, yeah. office right there in the school? Okay. So the Obama school, what happened is we actually are on another principal now, and she's amazing. She is so sweet and kind, and, and the teachers are super protective of us now, which is really funny, and the students. Um, because Don't mess with them. No, seriously, they will defend you, and they'll get in other people's faces. Um, <laughs> but they've given us the old band room, and we've kind of converted it into like a tutoring center where we could house classes, or we've done ACT tests in there. Um, we have like a little coffee area. But basically, I come in, I greet the security guards at the front door, um, I walk down to our room, start a pot of coffee, and then almost always a student will enter in, you know, either mm-hmm. before their class or when they probably should be in class. And they know they can't stay because they need a pass to be there, okay. but they'll always stop in to say hi and see how we're doing and make sure we're there. That's and then nice. they'll go back to class. Yeah. And then, that's wonderful. yeah. And so we'll do trainings with the volunteers. Um, and then the teachers will now come in too and like, hey, can I get a cup of coffee? Security mm-hmm. guards will come down. Um, and then we have volunteers scatter throughout the building and go into the classrooms. And it's just interesting because it's, it's like I said, 
the hall these they're, they're high schoolers they're kind of crazy sure. so you walk in the halls the halls are halls are loud they're kind of nuts um, really really <laughs> <Yes. they are. laughs> believe it or not so it can <laughs> be stressful kid, at so times i've been through it all i know how that goes <laughs> no it's a good point so it's every day you never know what's going to happen and that's actually true across all james places is you never really know what you're getting into every day because some days it's actually pretty quiet and you just get to interact with a couple people. Mm -hmm. And the next day you have 10 kids run into your room and they're going crazy. And you're like, how did, or like (laughs) all of a sudden you have like a bunch of teachers coming in. So every day is a little different. You never really know what you're getting into. Well, that makes it exciting, right? Yeah, it's fun. Um, You know, we talked with Jan, excuse me again, with the Oasis Project about how her organization is duplicatable. You know, mm-hmm. how uh, it's a need that they see all over the country. But let's say we have a volunteer that's listening and they want to um, provide their time, talents, resources, whatever mm-hmm. uh, they want to give of their time. You know, what what is it that that they can do? You know, the mm-hmm. again, the needs are, are vast. They're they're very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say there is a teacher out there that goes to a school where you don't have a James Place set up, mm. but they're listening, going, "Gosh, we could really use that resource <laughs> there." You know how how do they go about that? I mean, is this something that is duplicatable? I guess is my question. That people can say, "I want mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want one in our school, or I want one in our lo- in mm-hmm. our area." I would say yes. I mean, um, we've already seen other churches um, starting to adopt schools, and this is something that MPS School has actually asked for. They want faith communities to really be adopting their schools, um, and it's going to mm-hmm. look different in each school because okay. at Washington, it actually looks very different than the Obama school. Mm-hmm. They're okay. both MPS schools, but they function very differently. And so it really starts off with just a group of people coming to the school and saying, hey, we really want to help. What can we do? And really kind of being open-handed. And it's something that I feel – we need to kind of learn from each other for those who are already doing it to kind of like what works, what doesn't, but also really be intentional about talking to the principal, talking to the teachers and hearing what they need at the school. Cause some schools might want you to show up to their sports events. Some might want you to start mentoring young boys. Some might want you to be in a classroom. You don't know. Okay. And each school would have to be, you kind of have to have a flexible learning attitude, but I do mm-hmm. think it's duplicatable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if a volunteer wants to help in some way, mm-hmm. how would they reach out? Mm-hmm. They could contact us by email. Um, so at Elmbrook church, uh, Dot org so or slash James Place I okay. think would be the, the the address they'd go to uh, they could contact me directly I have a very easy email I can share now if you yes, like it's yes. S Garretson if you're driving pull over I don't know G A R R E T S O N at Elmbrook dot org okay. and then we will filter them based on what they're looking to do to the director of the right location okay. or they can probably just Google St James Place or well, actually, just James Place. Yep. So it's there's no saint in front of it. That is oh, okay. something that it will take you to other sites. Um, okay. You, so I, you can go James on James Place. Yes, and we have one for each location. So if you went and just found the general James Place on Facebook, you could message us on that too, and that would be a way we could respond as well. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for sharing your, mm-hmm. your passion and your mission, and I'm sure there are many people that uh, are going to benefit from the information mm-hmm. shared today. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to thank Jan Franz and Tom Pippins from the Oasis Project for sharing how they're bridging the gap between children living in poverty and increasing educational performance. We appreciate uh, the passions from everybody today, that uh, their passion for helping and serving others. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262 
691-3200. And also, uh, no worries, if you've missed a show, you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to podcasts, or you can visit the News Talk 1130 website for the podcast as well. And you can tune in via the iHeartRadio app or just ask Alexa. Play WISN AM 1130. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about some great people and organizations that are making a difference in our community. Find an organization, as we've been saying, that Mm -hmm. will align with your passion and then share your talents and your treasures Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.